0: uh um. one o'clock on a wednesday afternoon on cfis means it's time for post to post of course our sports talk show alan Wishart in the host chair reg will be joining me later but right now i'm going to start by uh, chatting with uh, neil sedgwick the uh, coach of the unbc women's soccer team good afternoon neil
1: good afternoon alan good to be here
0: yeah so now you've been busy a lot of recruits lately and a couple from prince george
1: yeah, that's right. Alyssa Clerk and Emmy Tor, I mean, they've been in part of our Timberwolves uh, FC Academy for a number of years, so we've seen their growth, their progression, and it's just exciting to have them uh, have them join us next year and uh, and see where they can go as far as a new sort of youth U Sport player is concerned.
0: Now, with the players who are at the academy, do you sometimes sort of assume that they will be joining the Timberwolves when they come out of, of high school?
1: yeah that's a great question um i mean there's there's certainly times where we where we hope that they they are going to join us, but there have been plenty of players that have come through our um academy programs and they've chosen to go elsewhere for different academic programs or they want a different experience and we've supported it. We've talked to those university coaches so they'd have the best experience for themselves, but yeah certainly. Those top, those top players that come through we're, we're certainly hopeful they, they want to be a Timberwolf
0: yeah. now do you kind of do the same yourself like do you shall we say raid other academies
1: <laughs> yeah I suppose we're always within the recruiting process we're always always raiding there's not many um, there's not many universities that have academies connected, oh. uh, connected directly to their mm-hmm. coaching staff um, but their coaching staff might work at other club teams especially in the lower mainland or bigger centers that way and mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly we're speaking with them, and they're 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 sharing the the players with uh, with other programs. It's part of the development process.
0: And I guess the nice thing for you and probably every other coach in uh, Canada West is recruiting is basically back to normal now, isn't it? Like the teams are playing full seasons and everything.
1: Yeah, that's right. Everything everything is back to normal. I mean, even you know they're playing they're playing back into their seasons. All the all the top. Leagues in British Columbia have just started in the last few weeks, and then even next next week Monday Monday I'll be down at a Whitecaps National Combine in Richmond, and then heading over to Burnaby for uh, a three day Essex Cup Easter tournament. So. Um, a full week of recruiting Mm at tournaments are back in academies are back running and uh, and i think everyone's happy for it
0: so now when you're going on these recruiting trips are you still trying to get players for next year's team or is some of it as well looking at the uh, players who are going maybe into grade 11 this year and starting to talk to them
1: yeah i mean for the most part we are looking now at at grade 11 in fact Mm -hmm. we have to Two grade elevens on campus this uh, this week, and they're um, they're they're currently on a campus tour. So we're looking at the grade elevens just so that we can get ahead of the ahead of the recruiting game. Um, but also, if there's uh, a player that's in grade twelve and uh, that prospect is still still not found a found a home, uh, then we're we're certainly talking to them too. In fact, Kate Ratte and um, Cambria Mellon from um, Thompson Okanagan. they they joined us um, I think in April May last year or mm-hmm. so um, so there's still still possibilities and those two have been fantastic with their contributions and so there's still good players that are out there
0: now how often does it happen that you scout a player sort of in grade 11 and you're thinking okay like, you know, she's not bad but I don't know if we're really going to pursue her that much and then you go back and see her in grade 12 and you're going okay is this the same girl
1: yeah that happens all the time I mean these these are really youth players, yeah. and they're they're changing year to year, whether they're twelve to thirteen or seventeen to eighteen. They could have massive transformations within that that period of time. So yeah, it it happens often that you mm-hmm. that these players from from grade eleven to grade twelve, you see a massive difference. Uh, difference in their playing ability and um and and how you think they would contribute to the program
0: Yeah. now how often does that massive change possibly happen because say a new coach comes in at their school and all of a sudden it's a system they actually fit better
1: yeah for sure it's i mean they, they have many influences um throughout those last couple of years whether it's just watching their teammates or playing with new teammates mm-hmm. um Perhaps their club coaches or their or their school coaches they have many influences, and you never really know which one is going to um, really leave really leave the mark and um, really change who they are as a as a player or just change their motivation through that period of time, and that those. There are many great influencers out there that that connect with these uh, prospects and 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 potentially change their path. So now you're obviously still
0: doing a lot of recruiting. How many players have you uh, do you figure you'll have back from last season?
1: Well, I think we have um, we have nearly twenty that'll be returning. I and mean, we lost some some key players last year um, through through graduation, yeah. but we'll have around twenty and and add six uh, six to eight this. This year we have six committed at the at the moment and, and hoping that we get a couple of further commitments. Plus we have Sage Myers, who was with us a couple of years ago. She is in environmental engineering, went for her two years at UBC campus, and now she's returning to us. So so we add Sage to the mix. We're, we're probably going to be around 27, 28 on our roster.
0: So I remember when I started covering sports in Prince George some years ago for the Prince George Free Press newspaper. I would come out to a Timberwolves women's practice, and they would have to get players from the local women's teams to be able to have a game.
1: Right, right. Well, well, th- things have changed a little bit, yeah. of course, you know, through many, many, many reasons. Um, you know, and one of them is just the, the great academic re- reputation that UNBC is. Now has nationally, so we're getting contacts and recruiting contacts from, from certainly all over the, all over the West, and people are getting to know us a little bit more. I mean, we'd still like to be known more because there are, are prospects that are outside of our area, and, and they don't know that UNBC is up yet, this, yeah. this little hidden hidden secret. But, yeah. and yeah, we've had rosters as far as 32 or 34 players, and, um, you know, these, uh, these young student athletes are coming up. For the for the education and of course for the for the culture within the soccer program.
0: Now, last season you finished five, six, and three, but I think all you did last season against it was just played BC, right?
1: Uh, no, that was that was two two oh. seasons ago. So yeah, this season I know it time, fl- time yeah. flies. Yeah, we uh, we had a full full Canada West. Um, okay schedule which was which was fantastic for for the players and yeah, we were excited. We thought we had a great season. The team was really strong. We were playing exceptionally well. I mean probably the one of the playing the best that we had and and we got some fantastic results against teams that no one expected us to get. We went to Trinity Western who were number number two or number three in the country at the time and we got a tie one one. We and Calgary, University of Calgary was in the top 10 and we beat them here on a Friday and then the next day we got a draw with them and we drew with University of Alberta. I mean, these are big schools and we were playing exceptionally well. I mean, we, we lost a couple against teams who are right at our level mm-hmm. in those those games. We know when soccer can go either way. One-nil here, one-nil there. Yeah, we were excited about the about the overall season. We wanted everything going into the last weekend was in our hands, but Sport is sport, and yep. a couple and, uh, and a couple of tight losses on that that last weekend, and and so tru tru goes to the playoffs, and they go to the semifinal of Canada West. Mm-hmm. So it was that that close last season because we beat them there, and they beat us here one nil, and and that's that's how tight it is.
0: Now, do you think, especially last year, because it was the first time in what I think three seasons that there was the interlocking. Do you think some of the teams from outside BC maybe weren't sure what to expect when you guys showed up?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, or um, you know, of course, teams teams look at the past or the history against other op- against opposition. And they they either think it's going to be a tough game or what they perceive as an easy game. And you know, as our program continues to progress, I think the the coaches recognize that there's. That UNBC is not an easy game. It's one of those games that they're going to have to be going to have to be playing well and to to get the result. And um, but certainly the players, you know, they go they might underestimate in the beginning. But the the players that we have here, they they performed exceptionally well last year, and it just continues to improve. You know, they one year one year to the next, they they continue their growth. That's the exciting part, and I think they'll just. I'll just continue to surprise teams.
0: So you were saying about 20 players back from last year, six recruits. Are there any when you look at sort of your depth chart at this point are there any positions that sort of jump up and say we could still use another body or two?
1: Yeah, well, I think um, I think all coaches are looking for or just a little bit, little bit more depth within their mm. program just because of injuries and conflicts that come up that I um, yeah, I mean we we lost some keys some key players last year, you know, we lost fifth-year players. Was, you know, Paige Payne, who scored our goals. You know, she was she was uh, an all-star last year. Mara McCleary is our central defender. Mm-hmm. Brooke Mulvey is our fifth-year goalkeeper. Kiana Swift, who is our holding central midfield, did everything. She was first-team all-conference last year. It was just fantastic. You know, so we kind of lost that spine. And through this spring, we're looking for those players that are going to be Stepping up and filling those roles, and I think by the time we get to our first games, we'll have found found out who who's really going to fill the roles of a of four four or five prominent players. Because we we also lost uh, another goalkeeper in Hannah Stark oh. and Hannah Emmond Hannah Emmon graduated, yeah. and, and these are these are key key individuals in the program. So. Um, so but it, that's, the, that's the cycle of university sport that's the great part of it is that there's always someone that steps up and there's always someone that finds that leadership role
0: so now when you were saying I think last year you had a couple of girls who you recruited in like April and May is that normal or do you usually try to have everything finished about this time of year
1: yeah we'd love to have everything finished around this mm-hmm. time of year and we're, and we're essentially finished now although there's there's a couple of individuals that, have, that we've reached out to. and, um, and but, the, but, yeah, typically this time of the year, you're finished. And I went to a game last year to watch Kate Ratty play, and uh, because Kate had reached out. And next thing you know, there's Kate and Cambria, both from the same team that were, were outstanding in those games, and they're now they're both Timberwolves. So, yeah, it was a little bit later than, than normal, but, but a fantastic win for us. <laughs>
0: So now I'm guessing you guys are practicing, but obviously I'm taking a wild guess and saying you're not practicing outdoors just yet.
1: <laughs> no, we're not practicing outdoors, but we've we've been hard at it since uh, the first week of January. Uh, we had a couple of road trips where we go away to play games—one to Edmonton, one to Vancouver—that were had, uh we couldn't make it because of snow either here in mm-hmm. Prince George or snow down in the Lower Mainland. <laughs> so, but we played uh, we played a, uh, two weeks ago in the Lower Mainland against. Against some um, Fraser Valley and Thompson Rivers, and this weekend we'll go to Thompson Rivers and play uh, play again, and that'll wrap up our spring for us before they get into their final exams.
0: So now when you go down to play those teams, do you usually have sort of who you figure is maybe going to be your starting 11, or do you use it more as, okay, let's see who works well with who?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think we, as coaches, naturally you start to look ahead you're forecasting what it could look like but there but there are combinations because young younger players are becoming becoming more mature players there are combinations that you've never seen before so you do have to spend some time putting those putting those players in different spots on the field and with different players close to them just to see how they how they work out and um, and almost you know inevitably you find something that that just clicks between Mm -hmm. players and and those are great surprises within these exhibition games.
0: So now, when is the Canada West schedule usually out? Because I don't think I've seen anything yet.
1: Yeah, it should be. It, if it's if it's not out already, then it should be pretty pretty close to being posted. Um, but we'll start that third weekend of um, uh, fourth weekend, I suppose, of August, the mm-hmm. week before Labor Day, and um, and we started we started home this mm-hmm. year. And so it should be, should be a good, good start. And, uh, we're excited about what we could do in our first three weeks back together. And because we've, they've trained so hard from, from January on. And it's unfortunate they didn't get the games, but still they've, they've, they've showed some real perseverance and continue to train with one another and make each other better. And we're excited where they could be in August, at the beginning of August, and then build to our first games.
0: Now, have you gotten any phone calls from other coaches asking if you 're sure the snow will be gone by then
1: <laughs> no we we haven't we haven 't received those phone calls uh, but but those those lower mainlanders they like to they like to dig in every once in a while and uh and give us some give us some stick about the snow that we get so but we like to we like to return the favor. So when they're snowed in yeah. down there and they can't get on their fields, we send them a picture of the Northern Sports Center and, <laughs> and our training our training session. So we get we get hours back as well. Okay,
0: Neil Sedgwick, uh, women's soccer coach up at UNBC. Thanks very much for taking the time to bring us up to date. And I'm sure we'll be talking more as the season gets closer.
1: Wonderful. Thanks, Alan.
0: Thank you. Okay, we are. I think. A little bit early, but I think we will go to our break at this point and be back with more on Post to Post. Give your morning a boost with some sounds from above with Songs in the Chapel, Sunday mornings at 9 on 93.1 CFIS FM. Join me, Corey Walker, as I fill the airwaves with the sounds of heavenly gospel music. I feature a mixture of traditional country, bluegrass, southern and black gospel, and even a little bit of worship and contemporary Christian music. An inspiring message from the Salvi Shermi's Heartbeat series is featured in every show. Has songs in chapel Sunday morning at 9, only here on 93.1 CFIS FM. Join
2: UNBC and the AgeWell National Innovations Hub for online workshops featuring TouchTech Technologies' Touch Sleep Sense. Touch TouchSleepSense is a bed sensor which alerts caregivers if there's issues with a sleeping or bedridden senior so caregivers can intervene to provide support. UNBC and AgeWell want to hear your thoughts and opinions to help guide tech development and improve the well-being of aging adults and care partners in northern B.C. For more information or to participate, email
3: study at unbc.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 6. Tonight, clearing, wind up to 15K, a low of minus 5, with a wind chill to minus 9. On Thursday, sunny, wind continuing with a high of 7.
0: No okay. game. Yes, and has threatened earlier. Reg has now joined me. Ah, yes, has threatened earlier. Reg has now joined me. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, not threatened. It promised earlier. Yes. So yes. I get those mixed up sometimes. Yeah. No. So it sounds like. Well, as I as I was mentioning to Neil, I remember years ago going to especially the women's teams practices for soccer, and they would only have like ten or twelve players. Yeah. Now, he was saying they're probably going to have, like, 26, 28 players, which is great because even if there are a couple missing, you can still play a full 11-on-11 game at practice,
3: which is what you look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to the uh, coaches' preseason poll. Yes. (laughs) See, see See how UNBC will get ranked very low again.
0: I don't know. Because again, they did well last year, just missed the playoffs. Well I know, but in the poll they always I know.
3: they always get uh, ranked quite low. Yes. And I think uh, undeservedly so oh, many yeah. times. So we'll see uh, we'll see if if, uh, if it
0: actually improves this season. But yeah, I haven't talked to either of the coaches about this, but I sometimes wonder whether they use that as almost a little bit of motivation for their teams. Mhm. See where these guys think we're gonna finish? Let's prove them wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no. So, um, soccer, obviously, not quite ready to go yet outside. outside. Yeah. But um, there is some indoor sports happening. And um, starting Friday, the Cougars are going to be opening the playoffs against uh, Tri-City down at... uh, Down at... um, CN Center. They uh, play Friday and Saturday. Now, the first time I checked the WHL site to see what the see what the playoff series were like, I'm pretty sure they showed it as being a 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. But then they changed it to the more logical, although it may hurt the Cougars just a little bit, 2-3-2. Two, two. So two games here three down in Tri-City, and then games five, six and seven, if needed, back up here. One thing to note was if you just look at the record of the Cougars versus Tri-City, they finished one and three this season. Now, they did have an overtime loss in there, and the other thing was the last game they played against Tri-City in the regular season, December the 10th, so that's a long time ago, and of course the Cougars were one of the hardest teams in the league, Excuse me, coming home, if you will. But Tri City just as hot, really. The Cougars in their last ten games, seven o two and one. Tri City finished seven two o and one. So both teams fairly hot. And again, this is the five versus or four versus five match that the two teams right smack in the middle of the uh, WHL uh, standings in the Western Conference. Uh, Cougars ended up with uh, eighty one points. Tri City was seventy six. So should be a good matchup. Yeah, I I'm, I'm just kind of worried uh, things look so good right now. Yes,
3: right? And uh, just fingers crossed that they just carry it right into the playoffs yep. and have a good run and not uh, you know, end no. up with a first round exit which would be so disappointing after
0: well, the how how well they've done the last couple of months, right? Well, I looked at some stats for each team from the regular season. Uh, on the Cougars' side, when it comes to scoring, of course, they're big. Yeah. Chase Weecroft, 107 points. Riley Height, 97 points. Kane Zimmer, 89 points. Tri-City's top scorer was Lucas Dravichevic with 75 points. So a fair ways behind. And then they're down to 64 and 63 for their next guys. Right. The uh, Cougars finished the season plus 49 in goals for and against, and Tri-City was plus 11. Uh, Goaltending battle could be fairly close. Tyler Brennan was the main goalie for the Cougars in terms of got the most time. 2.86 goals against average, 8.98 save percentage. For Tri-City, Thomas Zetarek, 3.05 goals against average, but a 9.12 saves percentage. Yeah. So quite good there. Yep. Now, both teams, very good on the power play. Right. Cougars finished number two in the league on the power play. Tri-City finished number five. Oh. It could be interesting, though. The Cougars finished number 18 playing shorthanded. Tri City was 17. Yeah. So neither of yeah. them know how to stop and another team's power <laughs> playing. They both know how to score. Yeah, it, it, it should be a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, One other thing that came out yesterday, I think it was, uh, from the WHL was they named the all star teams for each division, was what they did again this year. Right. And Chase Wheatcroft. And Ethan Sampson of the Cougars made the first All Star team, and Riley Height and Hudson Thornton made the second All Star team. What I found interesting was the second All Star team: yeah. Height, Thornton, and four players from the Kamloops Blazers. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's unusual.
3: It, uh, well, uh, Kamloops has been kind of the dominant team, yes. right? So.
0: Uh, not super surprising, but... I didn't really check the first team to see where they were from, but again, there's only five teams, so I kind of suspect there was probably... I don't know if Victoria would have had anybody. No, no. No. But I would expect uh, Kelowna, Kamloops, Prince George, and Vancouver all probably had somebody on the first team. Yeah. But uh, no, and um, of course, that's not the only... WHL matchup in the Western Conference. Uh, the other ones should all be pretty good too from the looks of it. A couple of them are fairly, cl- well, semi-close to each other. Kendall's Vancouver. This time of year, that's not a bad trip to make. Right. Uh, Portland Everett. Reasonably close. And Seattle Kelowna. That's a bit of a hike. But again, as so often happens, uh, the Prince George series is the one that involves the longest road trip for both teams. Yeah. Tri-City is not just across the border. It's a down fairways into Washington State.
3: Now, I missed the start of your little spiel here. Oh. Uh, you did mention the last two games
0: of the season for the Cougars? I can't remember if I did or not. I don't think I did.
3: No, oh. oh, Sorry. Anyway, uh, finished on a very high note because yes. it was back-to-back against Kamloops. Right, the home-and-home. Home. Yeah, the home-and-home home series as they usually do for the season uh, for the Cougars. And uh, they hammered Camloops uh, in Camloops, seven yeah. to two on the Friday night, yeah. and then on Saturday it was a three-two shootout final mm. for the Cougars. So, uh, wow, that's I uh, think
0: pr- pretty cool. I think, yeah, I think I remember in that seven to two game. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was seven different Cougars scored in the game too. Okay, which is unusual. At this level, like you usually get a yeah, player who gets two or three goals in a game.
3: Yeah, well, especially when you have seven, right? Well, actually, yeah. at any level, when you have seven goals, you generally have one person getting, yeah, two or more,
0: yeah, at least, right? Yeah. So, so having seven different players score, nice balanced scoring. No, for sure. And again, the goaltending. Because I'm trying to remember because I listened to parts of both games. And I can't remember... I think they did play both the goalies. I mean, Brennan played one game, and uh, Young played the other game. I can't remember mm-hmm. which order it was. But each of them only gave up two goals. Yeah. Against Cantaloups. Yeah. So... Yeah, it bodes well for them, to say the least. Yes. Now, Cantaloups, of course, in the catbird seat, if you will, because they know they're in to the Memorial Cup. Well, well that's right. But by the same token, we've
3: talked about this before... Yeah. On the show is, uh, you really have to approach the playoffs as if you weren't going to be yes. the host team. You yeah. know, it's way better uh, when you get to the Memorial Cup if you actually won your Lead. league or at least got into the final. Yeah, or, they, they or got just yeah, get, got oh, down yeah. to the last two because then yeah, yeah you feel that you 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 belong there. If you get bounced in the first or second round, yeah, then you've got that long stretch of everyone sort of soul searching and thinking, "You are we good enough to yeah. go up against the top from the other two leagues," right?
0: You, you get swept in the first round of the playoffs and you're kind of going, "Oh boy."
3: <laughs> yeah, so that's the whole psychology behind it is is yeah. they have to Really step it up and, and play as their best in the playoffs, Yes. so that they're not sitting around wondering, yeah, uh, if they, they are. Don't, actually they don't
0: have that month and a half of just enough. sitting, yeah, yeah, without right. having any games. Um, the other thing, though, with Kamloops hosting, is it means the Cougars can't get the semi easy route in by just getting to the finals, because if they get to the finals, they'll have beaten Kamloops already. Yeah. So it'll be a team from the Eastern Conference. If Kamloops gets out of the Western Conference, whoever comes out of the East is going to the Memorial Cup as well, win or lose in the West right. uh, in the W.H.L. final. The, the Cougars don't have that sort of backdoor option. Um, yeah, exp- if, 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 explain if, that to me. Okay. If the Blazers get to the W.H.L. championship, yes. it doesn't matter who wins or loses. They both go to the Memorial Cup. Right. That can't be the Cougars. Why? Because the WHL championship is between the West and the East. Right. If okay. But doesn't, you were just it, saying if the Cougars end up playing against an Eastern team, they've if, got to win that series to go to the Memorial Cup. The Eastern team, if Kamloops is playing right, a team from right, the right, East, right, right, right. the Eastern team already knows right. they're going yeah, to the yeah. Memorial Cup.
3: Yeah, they, they still want to win they, the
0: WHL championship. They can't finish but,
3: second in the WHL. And go to the Yes because Camloops is the team they'd have to beat to get to, to the finish WHO. second.
0: Yes. So Right. Yeah, so they don't have that sort of luxury of Yeah. But I mean, that would be a nice thing as well or if you could knock off Camloops on your way to the WHL finals. Mm-hmm. But uh we'll talk some more hockey I think when we come back on post to post. The Prince George
2: Council of Seniors and Seniors First BC have partnered with local volunteer legal professionals to offer free advance planning documents like wills, powers of attorney, and representation agreements to eligible seniors. Clinics are held one Wednesday of each month by appointment at the new Seniors Resource Centre, 1330 5th Avenue. For more information, visit seniorsfirst.ca. To book an appointment, email apclinics at BC dot ca.
3: If you're a senior without dental coverage, Family Dental Care is stepping up to help. Sunday, April 16th, Family Dental Care is offering a no-charge cleaning, filling, or extraction. All seniors will be pre-screened and contacted to schedule an appointment. There is limited space, so please submit your application as soon as possible. Only seniors without coverage will be considered. Applications are being accepted at the new Seniors Resource Centre, 1335th Avenue. Deadline to apply is Friday okay a little quieter song than you want to yes have coming out of the break at uh, least
0: it wasn't called lullaby great like we did great track though yes.
3: uh question before we get to the spruce kings yes. eastern conference of the
0: whl mm-hmm. how does the playoff format work for them I don't know. I didn't write those ones down because I figured it was of some, it maybe of some interest to people, but they would probably be looking it up themselves anyways. And people who are just because the
3: reason I ask is it shows on the WHL website uh, the Winnipeg Ice, Winnipeg Red Deer, Saskatoon Moose Jaw, Lethbridge, and Regina all have uh, clinched playoff positions. <laughs> With the top team, uh, top two teams clinching uh, their divisions. Uh, So that's only six. I know.
0: I think somebody forgot to update. So do they,
3: well, I'm I'm wondering, do they do do maybe a play-in for the next
0: four? No. No? No. They just do the top eight? Uh, If you go, you're on the WHL site, obviously. Yeah. If you go up under, I think it's stats. Mm Mm-hmm. And you go down to WHL playoffs. I'm pretty sure that's where it is. No, it's under results. WHL playoffs. Yeah, and if you click on that, I think it shows you the bracket. Okay. There should be eight teams in at least. Um. So there's the
3: there's the West. There's the East. One, two, three, four. Yeah, okay. So they just, they just hadn't put the X beside the last. For whatever reason, yeah,
0: yeah, they didn't update the standings. Well, the the, the, the
3: standings were the full 68 games, they just hadn't put the X's there. No. right. See, the reason I I thought maybe it was a play on, play play in for the other Mm -hmm. four teams is that would leave two teams missing the playoffs, which is the same number that missed the playoffs in the West. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that kind of would have made sense, but instead they have four four uh, teams that miss the playoffs.
0: Yes. Right? Yeah. Just to confuse things a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Spruce Kings open on the road, playing in Salmon Arm Friday and Saturday, home the following weekend, April 4th and 5th. That series, according to the BCHL site, is a 2 2 one one which means it right. goes the distance. That's a lot of traveling. Yes. But um, again, I looked at the two teams and just pulled up a few stats on them. Uh, John Harrington led the Spruce Kings with 48 points. Nathan Mackey led Simon Arm with 50 points. Then Ty Daniel with 40 points versus Owen Becker at 50. And Killian McGregor-Bennett with 39 for the Spruce Kings. Ethan ulrich for Salmon Arm had 47. So nobody on either team really dominant scoring. Right. That's less than a point a game for both teams. Now, for their top scorer. You were talking a
3: lot of travel. Yeah. They're playing Salmon Arm though, right? Yeah. It's not as bad as it could have been. Well, that's about as good as it could get. Well, Salmon Arm, Kamloops, or, well, Kamloops doesn't even have a team. No. So really.
0: Merritt might have been a little bit better, but Merritt oh, yeah, didn't yeah, make the yeah. playoffs at all.
3: Yeah. So. so, yeah, Salmon Arm's not that bad.
0: No. But <clears throat> so. there's, just quickly before I talk a little bit more about the matchup, uh, the other series in the BCHL in the Interior Conference, n- not bad at all for travel. West Kelowna-Vernon, like they're next door to each other, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, cranbrook Wenatchee, That's probably what the best Cranbrook could have done, unless they got trail. But they didn't because Trail was playing Penticton. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's not all that bad either. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's
3: not. didn't. Yeah. it's no. Well, Trail to anywhere other than Cranbrook is yeah, a bit of a pain, yeah.
0: but. Yeah, but uh, no. So, again, uh, looking back at the season for the two teams, they both finished with 61 points. Salmon Arm got fourth place over Spruce Kings. Because they played seven games during the season. Salmon Arm won four of the seven. Yeah. So that's how close those two teams are.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now let's just take a look back because uh, we t- last week we talked about the last few games of the season yes. and how probably the best the Spruce Kings could hope for is a split uh, against Cranbrook, and yeah. that's exactly what happened. Yes. And realistically, if you look at all the other teams, everyone split. I know. They they won the games they were supposed to and lost the games that you figured they'd lose. Yeah. And, yeah, so Spruce Kings with that split, because that was not a, give, a gimme no, when you're no. playing the second overall team yes. in the division. Uh, so did about as good as they could
0: yeah. for that uh, last weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and again, they came in on a, uh, this is the thing I don't like about the BCHL, is the dub, on the, when they list their standings, they show you how everybody did in their last ten games. The BCHL oh, yeah. doesn't. Yeah. I didn't feel like going back through the Coot, through the Spruce King schedule and then Salmon Arm schedule and figuring out their last ten.
3: Yeah, I don't know how Salmon Arm did, but... No. Just the sense that I got with the Spruce Kings was it was pretty much 500. Yeah. down the they stretch. might have been they'd, maybe one game they'd win over. one lose yeah. one win one lose one. Yeah. They just couldn't put together any kind of a consistent strength there towards late the late season
0: burst. Uh, no, no. Um, I went through the top scorers. Uh, Spruce Kings in goal, Jordan Fairley got the majority of the work. Two point nine six goals against average. Eight ninety one saves percentage. Matthew Tarvel from Salmon Arm, two point six four goals against average, nine nineteen saves percentage. So they might be a little bit. Salmon Arm might have a little bit of an edge there, but you never know. Mm-hmm. And again, I could not find anything on the BCHL site to show you how the different teams did on the power play or shorthanded. Right. So
3: we'll say this for the, the Spruce Kings in that two game series last weekend in mm-hmm. Cranbrook. Uh, they won the Friday game four to three. Yep. They lost the Saturday game 4-3, but, and here's kind of the bonus, is they picked up an extra point because yes. that was an overtime loss. Yeah. So they actually did better than a split when you look at it that yes, way. they got, three they got of the four points. That extra point that uh, you normally, back yeah. in the day, wouldn't have got.
0: And the thing that surprised me a little bit until I actually, shall we say, paid attention to the schedule, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Salmon Arm finished their season on Sunday. Yes, they yeah. had. That extra game. I thought everybody finished on Saturday, which is what you would normally try to do, so that everybody gets the same amount of time off before the playoffs start. But there were two games on the Sunday. Yeah. The Spruce Kings were sort of, okay, we're finished. We've made the bus ride back. Looking at the standings, the odds are we're not going to get that last spot ahead of Salmon Arm. But we don't know yet. They had to wait until Sunday evening to... Be sure where they were going to finish. So you
3: mentioned the goaltenders for
0: Prince yes. George.
3: Yeah, uh, Fer- Jordan Fairley. Fairley, he was he he carried most oh, yeah. of the right, yeah. uh, but the last shutout was Fedima. I know.
0: Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Fairley was the only one who, under the BCHL rules, qualified for like the top 10 goals against average. Right. I think. That's what I was sort of going by. So I knew he had played the majority. Uh, one other note, because it's a team that we've sort of been keeping track of, because, again, Penticton, I believe, only lost three games all season in regulation. They finished the season plus 208 goals for or minus goals against. I added up the next seven teams, they finished plus 208. The next seven teams combined were plus 208. Penticton yeah. was 208 by themselves. By, yeah.
3: Holy yeah. cow! So in the playoffs, we're just waiting to see who gets uh, gets beat by Penticton in, in the final. In the interior final, yeah. Well, in okay. the final period, really. I, I think yes. even uh, even the island teams oh, yeah. no. are going to be
0: hard-pressed to to come up with any kind of a... Then. sustained effort against them. And no. I mean, this kind of shame to some extent is, uh, again, the BCHL is no longer part of the Canadian Junior Hockey League. Right. So when you win the BCHL, that's it. Right, right. You don't go on to a national title hmm. game. Or, or I think it used to be a Western series to start with. Yeah, it was, uh, well, it was BC and, and, played and,
3: Alberta, and Alberta. And then whoever
0: won that played the winner of Saskatchewan. N- no, no,
3: no, because they would have uh, whatever the um whatever the national championship was there'd mm-hmm. be four or five teams right. representing the different regions yeah. so uh bc alberta would be one, one. of
0: Manitoba, those cuz when
3: a when we went uh went to the canadian championships uh we it. were there against brooks yes even though
0: we I don't remember they, did we beat brooks yes, in the yes they did the, cuz okay. they won the fred page cup i think that's the bc alberta one i think But whatever it was, they beat Brooks in the BC Alberta Alberta series. Yeah, yeah,
3: and so they were there as the West representative, but would have been anyway
0: had they lost even that series. So, So again, Spruce Kings at home April 4th and 5th against Salmon Arm. Cougars are at home this weekend, Friday and Saturday, playing Tri-City. I had to look back at my notes for a second. I've been talking about so many other teams. We are going to take another quick break, and we'll be back with some more on Post to Post.
3: Active Living starts with a membership at the Northern Sports Centre. Membership includes over 40 hours of weekly group fitness and recreation, such as Boomer Fit, Gentle Yoga, and Pickleball. Consider the affordable small group registered programs like Active Aging and Intro to Women on Weights perfect for those new to fitness. Start your health and fitness journey with the Charles Jago Northern Sports Centre. For more information, access their website through the services page at unbc.ca. March is Fraud Prevention Month, and Prince George
2: RCMP is here to help you become more fraud aware. If you are a target or victim of fraud, gather all information about the fraud, report the incident to the Prince George RCMP, and report the incident to the financial institution where the money was sent. For more information on scams and frauds, check out the Frauds and Scams page on the BC RCMP website or visit the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre
3: online. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 6. Tonight, clearing, wind up to 15K, a low of minus 5, with a wind chill to minus 9. On Thursday, sunny, wind continuing with a high of 7. Okay, so I looked it up because I sort of thought nee, it doesn't sound right. Oh. Uh, the Fred Page Cup is the BCHL, BCHL. Okay. champion. I couldn't remember for sure. And what those. they would go on to uh, when they were part of the C- uh, CHL or whatever CJHL, C-J-H-L yeah. is, they uh, they would go on to the Doyle Cup, right? Against that's the, the one that Alberta they won champion. Yes, a couple of years. Yes. back. Yes. Yeah. yeah,
0: they won that one uh, four games to two. So. Yes. Yes, and so both of them went on to the national championship in, in Brooks, Yeah. which is why it worked out that way. Uh, one other honking note, and it's a bit of a sad note to some extent. The Koi Cup is this week in Cornell. Mm-hmm. It's usually a four-team event. At almost the last minute, Penticton Silver Bullets had to pull out because one of their players was killed in an automobile accident last week. Yes. So they just didn't feel that they would be able to, to play. And the organizers looked at it and they said, "Well, every other team is already basically everybody's gone home. They you know they've been off for a week or two after they missed out of the playoffs or finished their playoffs. So it's going to be kind of tough to ask them to pull their team back together to come up to Cornell for a championship. So they're going with just a three-team event: uh, the Cornell Kangaroos, the host team, Terrace River Kings, and the Dawson Creek Canucks. And what they're doing is they're just playing a round robin uh, in the standings. Then." whoever finishes second and third play each other and the first place team in the round robin gets a bye to the final. Yeah. And it's just one game of course all the way through. So
3: now did we discuss this on the air uh recently or was it off air talking about uh the BCHL
0: and possible expansion to Quinnell? Mm. I think we talked about it on air, but it was very much a an iffy Situation, well, the fact yeah.
3: that uh one of the reasons uh, or one of the um, one of the issues with bringing them a BCHL team is the fact that the kangaroos yes. are a it would it, it would eventually i think uh lead to the demise of, of the the senior hockey yes. in
0: Quinnell. which is a shame because yeah yeah
3: it, it is but I don't know. In, in my in my per, purview
0: of, of senior hockey, uh, who cares? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, when I was growing up in Prince George, many mm-hmm. many 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 years ago, yeah, uh, the Mohawks were the hot ticket in town most years. Well, that's right. Yeah,
3: until the Spruce Kings became a reasonably good, yes, uh, junior B team. Yeah and then junior a and yeah it it didn't take long uh before people realized well here we have young players who are still playing for something yeah compared to old players who are just playing to keep playing because yeah. they're not going anywhere from no. that point no right sometimes you'll get an ex nhler on a team yes but for the it, most part it's just guys that yeah, just, just want to playing. keep playing yeah competitive hockey right no. the, so yeah and i think there's that aspect of it when you're paying money to go see people mm-hmm. y- you kind of want them to be yes players that are there for not just to play they're, yeah. they're there because
0: there's a goal to move on to something bigger or better yeah and especially now with the nhl drafting players out of junior a more frequently yeah like it seems like every year we yeah, quite quite a guys from the bchl Yeah. get drafted. Yeah.
3: Well, it's always been, I think it's more prominent than before, but that's part of that is, is the uh, positioning of BCHL uh, that they've taken where they really uh, emphasize the college route. Yes. So you get a, a good player. Uh, draft age, uh, draft eligible player, you might be picking him out of the BCHL. He might actually go on to college hockey before he comes yes. to the NHL.
0: Yeah. But it's well worth grabbing them early, yeah. right? Oh yeah. No, but speaking of the uh, Koi Cup, my dad was a referee for many years. Mm-hmm. And there was one game, I think it was in the Koi Cup the one year, uh, the puck was flipped out of the other team's zone. And one of their guys got past the defenseman, and he was trying to catch up to it. And the Mohawk goalie came out, and he was a big guy. He was about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, which, of course, in those days was huge for a goalie. Yeah. And he dives, and Dad blows the whistle. And then the puck comes out the other side. And the other the player coming down had tripped over the goalie, so he was in no way to get the puck. And Dad, I was talking to him after the game, and he said, I was really hoping that puck was going to slide past the net. Yeah. Because... Of course, pers- he lost say the whisk- He lost say the puck. I mean, yeah, there was no doubt was about that. But still, a lot of the fans don't know that that's the rule. Well, so yeah.
3: I think he blew it too soon. Wow, it's a six foot tall. <laughs> it's a
0: six foot four goalie it's diving a, on a little a long, black disc. Yeah, a long way through that goaltender. <laughs> yes, but that was one of the plays that I remember. And no, I mean, I they, I've got some. I've still got some memories of going to games mm-hmm. at. Uh, well, that was the other thing. Of course, I think really hurt the Mohawks when the Spruce Kings came to town. There was really only one arena in town.
3: The Coliseum. Yeah. 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 I mean, they had to, uh, schedule it accordingly, but, uh, uh, Spruce King started in 72. Yes. Mohawks were around right through the seventies. So, you know, that's a full eight, eight years probably, eight seasons where both teams were active. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, I think it's just a case that junior hockey, there's a lot more excitement around that. Yes. Uh, plus the fans that you're gonna draw, uh, with the older, with the older players, you're gonna get some fa- some fans, some friends, some family. Yeah, and that's... But with, uh, with junior hockey, you get, you get schools oh, yeah. showing up because, yeah. you know, so many kids go to school with those players. Yeah. And that's the thing to do. Go and watch the game.
0: Yeah, and, oh, just one other quick note. I didn't read the entire story on this. But there was a goalie who I believe played for Kelowna a couple of years ago, Jordan Picklick. Is that name ringing a bell? Okay, sure. Uh, he's now playing with Humboldt. Okay. He helped them win the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League title. Ah. And I believe it was yesterday he uh, was arrested. Oh, no. He was driving, and his vehicle left the road and crashed into a truck, or crashed into a house, and he refused to give a breath sample. Uh Ah. So I don't think he's going to be playing anymore this year, no matter what happens with no. the Broncos. No. So, no. No. But, uh, go for a break now, and then when we come back, we can do sort of the bits and pieces?
3: I think that makes sense. Okay.
2: The Connaught Youth Center Ladies Morning Babington is in need of new members. The club meets for some exhilarating Babington games every Tuesday and Thursday mornings from 9 to 11, and drop-in fees are just $10. The club has a few spare rackets for those who just want to try it out. It's friendly and fun and a great way to get some exercise, too. The Connaught Youth Center Ladies Morning Badminton, Tuesday and Thursday mornings from 9 to 11 at the Connaught Youth Center at 17th and Victoria. The Prince George Potter's Guild is having another amazing class on Saturday, May 20th. Karen Heathman will teach you to apply Terra Ciglata to specifications of your preferred clay body. Cost is $65 with registration available on the Potter's Guild webpage under programs at studio2880.com. Making and using Terra Ciglata. Saturday, May 20th from 9 to 12 in the Prince George Potter's Guild room at Studio 2880, 2880 15th Avenue.
3: Okay, you said this guy was a player with the Humboldt Broncos?
0: I believe that's what I saw, yeah. Okay. Pick like a goaltender with them.
3: Well, no, the goaltenders for them uh Holvoit, Holvoit.
0: Okay. and um, uh Moto. Oh, okay. I don't know that. So, yeah. Okay. Just, I just saw a headline on it because he's from I guess he's right. from Kelowna, but okay. I just I just remember hearing the name. So, I think he either played in the BCHL or possibly even with the Dub team. Okay. Before he went to Humboldt, which, of course, happens fairly frequently. All right. So you got the name wrong then, because... Well, Lake is a kind of tough name to miss. I may have gotten it wrong in terms of which team he was playing for, but I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I'd say it's it's a different team then. Okay. Uh, Staying on the ice for just a couple of seconds, the Kelly Cup starts tomorrow over at the Prince George Golf and Curling Club. And it's, of course, down a fair bit from previous years. Like, years ago, they would start Thursday morning, and a lot of times they had games running all day Thursday and all night just to get through the... uh well, I was talking with a friend of mine who used to curl, mm-hmm. and he said the one year they start out in the 256s. That's a lot of teams. Yeah. But uh, down a fair bit now. They start, as I say, tomorrow, and they wrap up on Sunday over at Prince Golf and Curling Clips, So maybe drop by. I think they've got a couple of, like, 50-50 draws and stuff like that that you might be able to get in and you'll probably see some decent curling. Don't know for sure how many local teams are in it, and I know they did have a limit of 32 teams this year. Hmm. So,
3: yes. Yeah, we have one volunteer that uh, will probably be taking mm. part. Yes. Um. Uh, well, actually two. We have one on the board of directors as well. Uh, but the Wolfman curls yes. quite regularly. I haven't heard uh, whether he's uh, in for the uh, Kelly Cup or not, no. but I imagine he'll be busy doing something yes, involved if, there. if his
0: team isn't in it, he will probably be volunteering somewhere. Possibly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other sport, switching off the ice for a moment or two, baseball starting up. Major League Baseball starts tomorrow with all 30 teams in action. And I remember, it wasn't that long ago, the only game that was played on opening day was Cincinnati at home. Right. They always got that first game. Now, everybody's playing. Uh, the Iowa Cubs open their season on Friday. I believe they're at home. That, of course, is where Jerry Young is starting the season. I was with mm-hmm. George. Yeah. And I was on their site, and they had a list of the players who were either with the Cubs on their roster right now or who are expected to be with the Cubs when the season starts, who played in the World Baseball Classic, like Jared did, of course. Mm -hmm. Jared played for Team Canada. There were seven players who were in the World Baseball Classic, seven different teams. They had players for Canada, Israel, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Cuba, and Italy. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of unusual. Yeah, yeah. Seven players, seven different teams, seven different countries. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, no.
3: And again, we will, uh, we'll watch uh, with great interest Jared Young yes. throughout the season. Yeah. Keep every, keep everyone up to date and hopefully, yeah. hopefully right. he gets the call up in the not-too-distant future and last year was quite late in the season when yes. he got up there for yeah. what it was a half dozen or yeah, I think he more?
0: got, I want to say he got like 20, for some reason number 26 for the number of bats that he had is mm-hmm. sticking my mind for whatever reason. Right. But uh, I do remember his very first uh, plate appearance was a double. Right. He got a double. I think he came in as a pinch hitter that game. Yeah. In double plate. So, yeah. So, again, he's been up. He knows what Wrigley Field looks like now. He knows how to get there. But he's back in Des Moines to start the season on Sunday. And we'll see how it goes from – or on Friday. And we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah. Again, um be interesting as well to see what position they have him playing. He's mm-hmm. at the World Baseball Classic playing for Team Canada. He played some outfield. He did, as I think I mentioned last week, he came in partway through one game at first base because Freddie Freeman, their regular first baseman, had to leave with a minor injury. Yeah, So they just brought Jared in from the outfield. But he also DH'd for at least one game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, of course, in the National League now, DH's play. So it's another position that he could be in as the season starts.
3: Okay, so he did appear in six games okay. last season. Yeah, nineteen at bats. Okay, two runs. Yep. five hits. Uh, what's TB? Total bases. Oh, okay, seven total bases. Okay, uh, two doubles. Yep, that,
0: that counts. The extra uh, two. Yep.
3: three walks. Yep, uh, seven strikeouts. Yeah, one stolen base. Yes, I didn't know about that. Uh batting average. And this was this was very impressive for mm-hmm. nineteen at bats. Uh two sixty-three. Yeah. That's decent. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh on base percentage of uh three sixty-four. Yeah. Slugging percentage of three sixty-eight. Uh the OPS. On base uh on base plus slugging. Right. Yes. Uh three uh seven thirty-two. Yeah. And what's G O slash A O?
0: Ground outs uh, as opposed to air outs is what they call them. So, how many oh, times I he was put out hitting the ball on the ground and how many times he was put out hitting the ball in the, ground, was the, ball it in the air, popping it a in the air fly yeah. or a fly yeah. ball.
3: Uh, 0.75. So, okay. what does so, that mean? What's the better number for uh, that depends ratio? depends
0: on what kind of a hitter you are. Like, Jared, I think, is more of a power hitter. So, you would probably want him to be putting the ball in the air more.
3: If you're a speedster,
0: yeah. you hit the ball on the ground and you've got a chance to beat it out. Right.
3: Yeah. So, so I guess it just depends on your yeah. style as to which one, yeah. you,
0: which, which, what you want that number to show, right? Yes. And I did see one thing because, of course, there's some rule changes this year in the major leagues that were in the minor leagues last year. And one of them, of course, is the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. Well, in spring training, because it's basically finished now, there's a couple of games left. Um, spring training, Game times were down 26 minutes from spring training last year. And that's what they were looking for, shorten up the games. Yeah. And 26 that, minutes for Yeah, it's, well, it's almost a half hour. Yeah. So that's decent. Yeah. And the other big thing that they did was to cut down on defensive shifts, you have to have two players on either side of second base to start each to start each pitch, mm-hmm. and they have to be on the infield dirt tur- on the infield dirt. Like you can't have a guy standing. They go short right field, right. And what they noticed was again, left-handed hitters hit 14 points higher in spring training than they did last year. And again, that's what the shift normally hurts is because you get three guys on that side of the infield where they normally hit the ball.
3: Yeah. So. so here's uh here's Jared's fielding stats mm-hmm. and I mentioned he played six games. Yes. Three of those though were as designated yes. hitter. so Probably he only, he didn't only had
0: field very many balls there. Yeah.
3: No. So they had three games where he actually had stats uh, no. defensively, two at first base, one in right field. Mm-hmm. The one in right field was uh three innings. Okay. And nothing happened. Okay. Zeros across the yeah. board there. That happens uh, sometimes you Two field. games two games at first base and, uh, GS means game started, right? Yes. Yeah. So he actually started both those, yep. uh, total of 16 innings played, mm-hmm. uh, 17 TC. Total chances. Oh, total chances. Yes. Wow.
0: And put out 17. Yep. So. so he, he never had a ground ball hit to him that he made a throw on because that would have been an assist. Right. Yeah. No, it, while well, he was playing first base. Yes. So that's generally that's, gets, yes. yeah. And what's DP? Double plays. Oh, two. Okay, so he was part of two double plays. But again, as the first baseman, yeah, he would be the last, he would be guy, the last involved, guy involved. He would, yes. Yeah, for sure.
3: So, but uh, no errors. Yeah, perfect fielding yeah. for the uh, 16 innings he
0: played. Yeah. And 17 total chances in 16 innings is a little bit less than I would normally expect for a first baseman. Yeah. Because they, they you know, if the other team is hitting a lot of ground balls, you're going to see a lot of balls coming your way from various points in the infield.
3: Well, if your pitcher is striking them out, yes. you're not going to see any. So, no. or if he's, if it's all flyouts, then yes. again, you're not going to yeah. see
0: any. So that's,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking of that, to some extent, striking them out. Um, I remember a story from years ago, Satchel Page, mm-hmm. great pitcher, one Negro league game, I guess he called in his outfield and told him to just come sit in, sit down, sit down in the info. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he then struck the side out. Wow. <laughs> I
3: mean, that's, that's confidence. <laughs> yeah. A little, little bit, uh, a little bit brash too, I'd well, say.
0: Satchel could back it up though. That's well, I know, but,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, of course, uh, the psychology of the batter is they were probably trying a trying, little extra too to, hard now to, 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 to get some loft yeah, on the ball. Yeah. Just
0: psych, psych them right out. Yeah. But still, even to strike out the side, like he didn't even give a ground yeah. ball. Yeah. yeah. Just struck him out. Yep. But, uh, no. He was he was a piece of work, Satchel. Okay, so what do we have coming up next week? Well, I am potentially hoping, I, I am hoping to um, have uh, Steve Simonson, the UMBC men's soccer coach, mm-hmm. because as Neil Sedwick mentioned, they had some recruits on campus, mm-hmm. and I think Steve might have actually been with them because I was in touch with them, but he didn't want to commit to being on the show today.
3: Yeah, he had to be uh, yeah. team uh, getting. Uh, together with those guys at yep. two yes so he didn't want to no. push his luck on that
0: no so hopefully we'll have him next week i would also like to get uh somebody from city mm-hmm. um, possibly even Andrew beasley director of recreation to talk about uh when the fields, fields might be opening yeah. around the place and that will be next week on post to post
2: you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFISFM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.